0: Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of All Flex Livestock Intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting
1: in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. We have a oldie but goodie, Dr. Chris Reinhardt. He's been on the show so many times, and it's great to have him back. We're going to talk about receiving calf nutrition stay tuned much more to come hey folks welcome to doc talk i'm dr dan thompson here with dr chris reinhardt dr reinhardt is a ruminant nutritionist and technical services specialist for zenpro corporation he and i worked together for decades at kansas state university Uh, just great to have you on the show
0: thanks for having me it's always it's always fun we always get into some good stuff
1: oh yeah sometimes it's worth your while to watch anyway um uh uh, dr reinhardt has been one of those people we've done so much research together Um, we continue to do research together and today with with fall coming on and things of that nature i thought let's talk about starting these calves on feed and and Chris, you know, one of the things you mentioned as we were prepping for the show was, you know, we, we talk about high risk and low risk and ultra high risk and all that kind of stuff when it comes to our processing protocols and our doctoring protocols. But maybe we need to back up and, and do some of that for nutrition.
0: Yeah, the timing's perfect. I mean, we're starting to see it. Fall started a little early in some parts of the country, but temps are falling and cattle are moving and it's time
1: yeah so let's get into that let's talk a little bit about how you know classify how to classify those cattle as they they come in what are some of the things that we're looking for
0: yeah a a lot of that has to do with historical perspective if you bought these calves year in year out you know what their expectation is from a health standpoint from an intake standpoint etc but then maybe you haven't bought these cattle before and you got to start looking for the things that might contribute to either good outcomes or unfortunately bad outcomes.
1: yep. And so if I was looking at low risk cattle, what would be your description of a low risk steer coming into a yard? Yeah, probably
0: short haul, an hour or two away, um, probably not tremendous not extensively commingled with a bunch of other cattle uh, to where they're exposed to new pathogens. Um, and then weather, I think has a lot to do with it as well. If you're receiving during real mild conditions, I think cattle can deal with a lot. But if you, if you dump a 30 degree fallen rain on them, they just turned high risk.
1: What about, uh, previous nutrition, um, bunk broke, water tank broke. Would that be something you would be looking at as well? They know how to eat coming in. Yeah, that would
0: be kind of a subtle, uh, modifier if, if they've come in with all of the, the previously mentioned things and they've been fed at home to where they can walk up and drink out of your system and eat out of your bunk. That I mean, that makes everything so much easier.
1: So then risk from that, that's kind of like buying a car, the base model. That's the base model. Now we start adding things on that increase the risk of those cattle, not only health wise, but economically.
0: Yeah, you taught me years ago, There's there's health risk And there's a risk of losing money and they're oftentimes connected especially if we don't if we don't classify them right and if we miss the mark on the
1: the categorization yeah the the low risk cattle uh are pretty much cookie cutter the high risk cattle are very variable in their health and then very variable in their death loss and that gives us the economic variance
0: and the thing we maybe 10 or 15 years ago wouldn't have talked about is if I buy high-risk calves, I'm gonna spend a lot of man hours and time with those, which pull away from my ability to care for the rest, A, the rest of the cattle, and B, the rest of the operation.
1: Absolutely. Every time we look at, uh, Del Miles used to say the the more high-risk cattle you have, the higher risk your low-risk cattle become. And uh, understanding that balance within your yard, your grow yard, your stalker operation is very important
0: and your
1: experience level
0: there's certain organizations that do a tremendous job with with high-risk cattle and some maybe should stay away
1: yeah that's for sure well folks you're watching doc talk we have dr chris reinhardt on here we're going to talk more about receiving calf nutrition when we come back thanks for watching hey folks welcome back to doc talk i'm dr dan thompson with production animal consultation of veterinary group here in the united states and and globally uh, dr chris reinhardt technical services nutritionist for uh zenpro uh corporation and uh, we kind of got our out of our comfort zone and out of the nest back into the industry and um, yep. um we spent a lot of time at kansas state university together uh doing research and uh now we're we're working for you Uh, we were always working for them, but anyway, um, talk to me a little bit as we, we do this risk analysis, right? Um, and, and we have high risk calves and low risk calves. There's, there's probably some differences in what people that are buying those need to worry about.
0: Yeah. The high risk calves, I'm a nutritionist. So that's what I focus on is the nutrition. Our number one concern on high risk calves is, are they going to eat? stepping off the truck when they come in and so we do everything we can we bend over backwards to make the the feed environment and the bunk as attractive as possible water we talk about water do they know what a mechanical water is and are they going to go there and 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 get rehydrated after this long journey and things of that nature whereas low-risk calves especially like you said if they've been fed at home they're going to walk up to the bunk and eat whatever kind of whatever we put out there for them and so that's a big that's a big focus for a nutritionist
1: yeah i watch some calves and we always want to make sure we have something in the bunk when we put new calves in a pen it's nothing more disheartening for me than to watch some new calves that have come in long haul and they walk into the pen and they walk up the bunk and they're like what the heck you know and uh and so just some some management practices for y'all but so what are some of the things nutritionally that are different between these two classes of cattle
0: yeah, that you had brought it up earlier. I should have mentioned it. What have they had before, from an energy standpoint, from a protein standpoint? This summer was brutal in a lot of parts of the country. And through no one's fault other than other than the weather, these calves are coming in with very little nutritional background. And so we've got we've got to pay attention to that when they come in, and that's going to contribute to their health outcome.
1: And so when we think when we say little to no nutrition, you know that people. I don't think people understand that vitamins, minerals, and different things are all tied to a drought situation. It isn't just the energy or agrocyosis. It is. It is energy, protein, vitamins, minerals. It's. It's nutrition in total. That's kind of what makes something that's really can be really complicated.
0: It makes it really easy. Is the fact that coming out of a droughty area, and we could draw you a map, and it's a big area in the western U.S everything is deficient. If they're skinny, they haven't had enough of anything and we've got to pay attention to that.
1: You yeah, know, I was watching some of the papers on human nutrition and just serum copper is indicative of malnutrition in humans. And so as we as we start to think about some of these things uh, in cattle that are coming out of droughty areas or cattle that are, that are coming out of uh, areas where the cow probably weaned them, weaned the calves, uh, themselves because yep. the cow couldn't maintain her body condition um, we, we've got to put together a total package yeah pay attention to everything
0: we've got to get them to eat we've got to get them to drink and then we've got to get a well fortified diet in front of them
1: yep and always remember this if i have two calves standing here and they're the same weight and one of them's stressed and one of them's local and not stressed they have the same nutrient requirements it's just the one that's stressed has lower intake so we have to fortify that diet more Exactly. We're going to take a break here at Doc Talk with Dr. Chris Reinhardt, and we come back more on receiving calf nutrition. Hey, folks! Welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Chris Reinhardt. He's a technical services nutritionist for ZenPro Corporation and mainly handle their North American feedlot mm-hmm. division and. Um, sees a ton of feedlot cattle and uh, works with all the nutritionists in the u.s uh, and a lot of us as as veterinarians and um you know one of the guys that that i go to for for answers on on questions Um, as for me uh, i know that y'all get confused sometimes i'll say iowa state and i'll say production animal consultation um, but they're both part of my life now Um, in a public-private partnership, uh, still teach and a professor at Iowa State and, and working in the feedlot industry as a consultant. So um, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, what we want to put in that ration for the receiving calves. So I get calves okay. in, uh, new calves, uh, and obviously it might even be for my own wean calves that I pull off the cow and bring home to the, to the, to the dry lot. But what are some of the things that you look for in a ration?
0: Yeah, if we've gotten through that first 24, 48 hours and the stress period and, and the cattle are comfortable and maybe they're now coming to the bunk, we focus on energy, protein, minerals and vitamins. And, and we've got to make sure that we've got a right balance. And you brought it up before, if cattle are eating 12 or 15 pounds of dry matter, I formulate that diet different than they're, if they're eating six. Yep. I've still got to get the same total amount of those critical nutrients into each of those five hundred pound calves.
1: yep. so let's start out with with the concentrate to roughage ratio because getting some they got we have to start them out on some roughage because the rumen's not ready.
0: yeah, and and we've talked a lot about risk level in truly high risk calves that just have no interest in the bunk. We typically, over the years, we've defaulted back to getting some long-stem hay into those cattle just to restart that rumen. Water, hay, and rest are the three most critical nutrients for a high-risk calf. And then once they're over that and ready to start exploring their new world, then we, we really focus on what's in the bunk.
1: Okay, so we get some roughage in there. Now let's uh, let's turn our uh, our attention to protein. And not only should we talk about the level, but let's also talk about the source.
0: Yeah, so the level, and again, back to intake on the really high-risk calves that are eating five to ten pounds of dry matter, we've got to feed a higher percentage protein than in the the bunk broke calves that are really hungry and I call them, I call them robust, right? They're they're strapping, they're ready to take on 12, 15, 20 pounds of dry matter. I can go with a lower total level of protein. But then the concentrate matters also. If they're not eating a ton of feed, if they're eating five, six pounds of dry matter, I've got to get more energy and protein into that
1: diet. Yeah. So uh, protein source uh, on these calves that are high risk, that really don't have a functioning rumen, uh, probably want to stay with a more natural form of protein. Yeah. More very, very little
0: non-protein nitrogen. Let's stay with, there's so many byproducts available. We can get, well fortified diet to those calves
1: yeah the the byproducts with those being 30 percent crude protein kind of took the fun out of some of the ruminant nutrition stuff we do right yeah it it's it's
0: in there to begin with if we've got the right kind of byproducts available
1: excellent so we've got the concentrate we've got the protein when we come back we're going to talk about vener- minerals and vitamins with dr chris reinhardt you're watching doc talk thanks for joining us Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson and Dr. Chris Reinhardt uh, bringing you a show today on receiving calf nutrition. Dr. Reinhardt, technical services nutritionist for the Feedlot Division, uh, ZenPro uh, Corporation, and you know, as we talk about health, nutrition, and the interrelationships. You know the big rocks are obviously the concentrate and the the protein the energy and protein of of these calves but now we get into some things that can really make a difference we're finding on morbidity mortality with minerals and and uh vitamins
0: yeah really along the same lines right if cattle are eating a healthy dose of feed right off the truck we'll go with a lower fortification level but on these high risk and ultra high risk calves we've got to we've got to up the fortification
1: yeah so let's talk about minerals first and i want to talk about two areas of minerals because we've worked on some of these projects um but the first one is is getting a kickstart in those calves and 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 we're finding out that that at the time of treatment or the time of high morbidity high risk calves that the zinc the copper the selenium those types of products can actually improve the response in in treatment.
0: It's it's phenomenal. It's been a lot of fun to learn these last, let's call it five to 10 years. We've learned the function of trace minerals in the immune system, copper, zinc, manganese, selenium, in particular, are
1: absolutely vital to the immune system, the ability to fight virus. And I was, I'm just gonna be honest, I was a skeptic. I was one of those uh, people that was uh, like, but as we have done research over the last four or five years, and what we have seen with COVID response, patients' response to zinc, now I'm 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 a believer, and and I'm studying it, and we're working on projects, and and so so if you can turn me around to have an interest in this, you can turn anybody around. Zinc is an absolutely essential
0: cofactor in over four hundred. Different enzymes throughout your body, mine, and a feedlot steer, and that's folds higher than anything we know about copper, manganese, and selenium. As important as those
1: are, zinc is proving to be the absolute linchpin for immune function. So after we see what the the kickstart or the the ancillary treatment with 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 uh, drench minerals, the other one is getting it in the bunk. Exactly, and again. The higher risk those calves are we've got
0: to make sure we're getting as as many different ways as possible giving them exposure to vitamins trace minerals as well as the rest of the macronutrients
1: but not only you know there's two things there's one raising the the fortification within the diet the other one is improving the the absorption of the product that's in the ration and both of those are beneficial to that steer
0: yeah we we have a product called Avela 4, and we like to maximize the nutrition, the utilization of all forms, both organic trace minerals as well as the inorganic, to get the most to those disease-fighting cells as we absolutely can. Yep.
1: And then vitamins to wrap up? Vitamin E, vitamin E, vitamin E. Yep. We say feed four times the NRC-recommended vitamin E level. Work with your nutritionist, but Dave Seeker's work is stood for the test of time in 1600 international units per day versus 400 improved uh health and improved performance
0: yeah the these calves need our attention once they're on feed and up and going they're kind of self-sustaining but those
1: first few weeks off the truck they need us well i want to say thanks for you being on the show it's awesome Thank it's always you. good to have you Folks, thanks for watching Doc Talk. Uh, remember, always work with your local veterinarian and nutritionist. Uh, and if you want to find out more about what we do at Doc Talk, you can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Chris Reinhardt, and we'll see you down the road. Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal
0: Health by integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence we are shaping the future of animal health resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals
1: relationships are the foundation of agriculture Proud of the relationships that we built within the department and the industry. These are the people that make our worlds go around on a day-to-day basis, and they're the foundation of everything that we do. All of those relationships are built on trust and respect. We involve our students in the relationship building process by allowing them the opportunity to meet with industry leaders and professionals. Iowa State University beef teaching farm and we're grateful to be part of an industry that's built on relationships.